0: An aspect of Dhamma, and this aspect is uh, very common, like any other aspect of Dhamma, it's universal. That is uh, about the nature of this retreat. This retreat is called Dāna retreat, and I'm sure you all know the word Dāna. Dāna in Pāli and Sanskrit is very much like an English word, very close to an English word. I had a friend in Washington, when I was in Washington, Vihara. That was a Christian. He was a Christian friend. He goes to church on Sunday and sometimes he comes to the Vihara. He goes to church more... Often then he came to the Vihara. So one day I asked him, uh, when he came to the Vihara, that was on Sunday he came, I asked him, uh, didn't you go to church today? He said, no. I know the topic of the sermon. And that is the topic that he had uh, heard many, many, many times. That was on dana, Giving, donation, charity. So it is not uh, something uh, peculiar to Buddhism. In all traditions, especially religious traditions, dhāna is uh, practiced. Now if it is so important, uh, one may wonder where can we find dhāna in the Noble Eightfold Path. Noble Eightfold Path is supposed to be the crux of the teachings of the Buddha, the core, heart. Where can we find a place for dhāna in the Noble Eightfold Path. Can anybody, any of you suggest where can we find it in the Noble Eightfold Path? Hmm? Excuse me, right speech and... Right action, still you are missing the point. Somewhere else in the Noble Eightfold Path, what is right action? Right speech. Right speech is the speech to abstain from lying, abstain from uh, slanderous talk, abstain from harsh talk abstain from uh, gossip. These are the four types of right speech, abstaining from these four. And right action is abstaining from killing, stealing, and uh, committing sexual misconduct. These are the right actions. So you may say indirectly uh, there are this aspect is implied in them, not direct. But the direct, very specifically mentioned, is in right thought. What is the right thought? Thought of letting go. thought of renunciation, thought of compassion and thought of loving-kindness. These are the right thoughts. Dāna is a right thought, thought of letting go of what we possess, what we hold on to, what we dearly hold on to. Letting go of it. Uh, in the highest sense dana means <coughs> not what we uh, mean ordinarily. The ordinary dana means giving away something. There are three types of dhāna. Dana, um, I don't know any other tradition where dhāna has been so uh, defined and so well categorized, like in Pali tradition, in Buddhism. There are three categories of dhāna. One is called uh, Amisa-dhāna. That is very general, Very popular meaning. Amisadhana means giving away material things Uh, food, uh, shelter, and uh, cloth, uh, medicine, and uh, things like that, or money. All come under Amisadhana, material gifts, material giving. Second is called uh, patipatidana. Patipatidana means giving service, practicing. Your first example of uh, right uh, action and right speech include in this uh, category indirectly. For instance, when one does not kill one let others live. That is, you are very, in your mind, you are very generous to accept the lives of others. Not stealing. Also, we do not covet For others' property, and in our mind, we let it go, let them have it. Not uh, uh, committing sexual misconduct, one would allow others to have what they have their spouses, their associates, their friends, whoever they have without uh, violating their privacy, their uh, possession, uh, we have very uh, gentle, uh, noble attitude. And let them have what they have. That comes under the second category of dhana. That means you observe certain principles. We observe principles of uh, letting go of our own greed or covert, covetousness towards something somebody else has. By observing these precepts, the principles. And the third type of category, third type of uh, dāna is uh, called dhamma-dāna. And Buddha said, sabvang dadocha sohoti deti upasavang amatang dadocha sohoti yo dhammang anusasati. That means, one who gives. Uh, a dwelling place to the Sangha, to the community of Sangha, gives everything. Why? In a dwelling place you can live, you can have, uh, say, if people like meditate, to meditate, they can meditate, they can uh, assemble, they can have their meals, they can have their seats, comforts, everything that they need, can have in a dwelling place. Therefore, he said, uh, when we give, uh, say, somebody builds a temple, a monastery, a pagoda, a house for the community, that individual gives everything to the community. But, he said, (laughs) amatang dadocha sohoti yodhamman anusasati One who gives the dhamma, teaches the dhamma, preaches the dhamma, explains the dhamma, that individual gives immortality. Amata. Why? Because it is through the practice, by following the dhamma, one can reach immortality liberation, enlightenment, free oneself from all kinds of psychic irritations. And therefore, Buddha praised above all other gifts, gift of Dhamma. He said, gift of Dhamma excels all other gifts. Now, In uh, there are various lists in um, Buddhist tradition. In every list, first uh, item is Dhana. There are ten perfections. Number one of them is Dana, perfection of Dana. Of any kind, whether it is Uh, material things or whether observing principles or teaching dhamma. When one gives things away one should not make any discrimination. Indiscriminatory giving is the highest giving. When uh, the Bodhisattva, who practiced uh, perfections to attain enlightenment, in his uh, previous lives, he gave away whatever he could and whatever he had to whoever asked for it. It is a very simple thing. He said, uh, if one wants to go to heaven, one has to do only three things, not too many. One, uh, Giving when asked, uh, not lying, not getting angry. He said, Satchang Bane, Kujaya, Daja Pasmimpiajito, Ete Hiti Hitane, Gache devana Santike speak the truth don't get angry and give whatever you can when asked practicing these three things he said anybody can go to heaven you cannot you don't have to be a buddhist in particular uh, particularly buddhist or uh, you can be anything anybody following any religion even without a religion you can practice these three things whether it is Buddhist, Christian, Hindu, Jew, Muslim, uh, Zoroastrian, Daoist, or Jains, or doesn't matter, even without any religion. This is innate nature of all beings. Even animals share. Animals have this tendency to share things with their at least their own kind. Sometimes you have seen cats catching mice and bringing them to you and putting dropping right in front of you as a gift. Cat may not think of it very carefully, very much, eh? but uh, this is instinctive, innate, natural tendency that all living beings have. You know, um, various types of animals share their things with the group. Uh, you may see bees, they don't collect honey for themselves, they share. And they collect things to make a huge ant colony and share their things. So it is not something um, we human beings cultivate or have and use, using our intelligence. But it is very natural, innate tendency that we all were born with. And in the categories of uh, dhanas, There is a category of dhana giving to individuals. And Buddha always praised giving things to a community. Why? One day, uh, Buddha's own uh, stepmother, who is Buddha's stepmother? Many people may not remember. Mahamaya was his mother, but she died when he was only seven days old. Then Suddhodana had another wife called Pajapati. And she also had a son the same day that Siddhartha was born. But when Siddhartha's mother Mahamaya passed away, Mahapajapati Gotami decided to raise Siddhartha. And she gave her son to another lady in the palace. The palace was full of kings, had harems those days. So she gave her own son to another lady to raise And she raised this orphan child, Mahamaya's son, Siddhartha, like her own. So when uh, Siddhartha became Buddha, Mahapajapati thought, uh, my son became Buddha, great person. I must do something for him. She made, uh, she uh, planted cotton seed and waited for years and tendered them, took care of the the cotton plants and picked cotton, and from the cotton she made a cloth with her own hands. All the time she was thinking of her son. She was so devoted, so loved, she loved him so much, that she wanted to do it by herself. Many mothers do it. Many mothers knit various things for their children, adult children, not little infants, but even when they are adults, out of you know great love for the children. This mother was like that. She made this cloth and uh, made it... Uh, into a robe and she took many, many hours many years to do all this and made this robe and brought it to the Buddha and uh, and she she said uh, now she cannot say my son he is the Buddha he said my dear Lord Buddha this robe I made for you You must wear it. He said, Mother, give it to the Sangha. She was very disappointed. My son doesn't seem to love me. He rejects the robe. And she entreated him again. Please, take it. I took so much pain so much trouble, so many years I spent in making this robe for you. All the time, all I had in my mind was you, nobody else. Please take it. He said, Mother, give it to the sangha. Second time, he said. Third time she begged him to accept him. Even the third time he said, Mother, give it to the sangha. And then he explained the reason why. If you give it to me, although I am Buddha, I am an individual. You made it thinking of me. When you make something, of course, in uh, sentimentally speaking, there is a great sentimental value. But spiritually speaking, when you give something to an individual, all you have in your mind are the connections, relationship, feeling, attributes uh, of the person you give it or the relationship between you and the person, recipient. And that will weaken the merits you get. If you give it to the whole community, you even don't know them. You don't know each and every individual separately, but you give it to the whole community. You don't know who will use it. You simply give to the whole community. So in your mind, there is no any particular attachment to one particular person. It is just like uh, when you take a whole uh, bunch of flowers and look at it, there may be some flowers, uh, some, some petals eaten by insects, and some are short, some are not very well grown, some are not very beautiful, but when you put all of them together and look at the whole bunch from, an out, from outside, from a distance, you will see the bunch very beautiful. You can ignore all these little, little, tiny differences. Similarly, when you take individuals, individuals can have weaknesses. In this case, of course, there was no problem with the Buddha. But when you think of an individual, individuals can have weaknesses. But when you put many individuals together, they all can have enormous amount of spiritual abilities, powers, together, as a group. In your mind, you give it without expecting any one particular person's thank in return. And the community may not know you well. The community may not know you. And therefore, in this relationship, in this kind of giving, you acquire more merits than you give it to an individual. To practice this in Japan, there is a, a practice. I'm to, I want to illustrate this. Uh, certain Japanese uh, monks go on uh, uh, begging. They wear a very big hat with a wide brim. When they wear that, they cannot see anybody's face. They look down and slowly walk to the two houses and somebody will give will come and put something in his begging bowl. The monk does not see the face of the person who gives it. The person who gives it does not see the face of the monk. The person sees only the begging bowl and the body. monk doesn't see the person, he sees only the body. He doesn't look up, just keep his eyes cast on on the ground. Because they want to increase the merits of the giver. In giving, it the giver it is the giver who enjoys not the recipient that much recipient is uh, has certain obligations feeling uh, every time we receive you, re, you receive something from somebody you uh, uh, pride uh, goes down you feel uh, little humble you also feel uh, certain obligation but the giver doesn't have any obligation. giver enjoys every time. giver thinks, well, I gave such and such to so and so, such and such to such and such community, without any obligation, any commitment, spontaneously. And also, gift has to be given spontaneously. In our meditation center in West Virginia, Bhavana Society, all we do is on charity. We never charge anything for anything. People come, stay for days, and we never charge anything. Sometimes people telephone and ask, do you have any suggested donation? so that we can think uh, how much I can afford. We, we tell them, if we suggest, it will no longer be a donation. It is fixed in the price. If you suggest. We say we have no suggestion. <coughs> if you like, you give. If you don't like, you don't give. But we don't know. We just have a charity box. Over there somewhere, and we don't know who put there, who don't put there, we don't know. But people, you know, instinctively in their inner feeling of generosity expresses when we open it. They're generous, and that is the kind of generosity (coughs) what is called spontaneous generosity. When we give things spontaneously, the merit is very great. It is not like uh, uh, committing a crime. When you commit a crime, uh, you will be judged according to your uh, pre-meditation. If somebody somebody kills somebody, then the 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 case will be heard on the merits of how long you have planned your premeditation, whether it was intentional or unintentional. If the if uh, you have spent a lot of time planning, thinking and so forth, the punishment is very severe. In performing, in doing meritorious deeds it's not so. If, it, if you do it spontaneously, quickly, without second thought, as the thought arises in the mind, do it. This may not sound very uh, uh, rational for some people. People think that it is very naive. For instance, you see someone on the street stretching hands, asking for 50 cents. That's what happened to me when I was uh, in certain places. A certain type of people approached me and uh, with a very good beautiful smile they approached me and simply asked a very, very low tone, low voice, ask me, do you have 50 cents? You see, at that time, if I were to think, well, he's asking for these 50 cents for drugs, for drinks, for this and that, I should not give him, I'm encouraging him to do wrong things and this and that. I am rationalizing my stinginess. At the back of my mind, there is a greed, clinging attachment to what I have. And therefore, in order not to give to this person, I rationalize. That this is what most of the time people do. Uh, they in in society, they generally don't. Uh, When somebody asks for something they just don't uh, reach their wallet and take money and give away. For many, many, many reasons. Not only that. But when somebody wants to practice real generosity it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter why and how uh, how the person is going to use what you give is that person's uh, freedom of choice to do whatever one wants to do, but um, giving is uh, our own uh, spontaneous uh, response to the uh, to somebody's request asking. And therefore in Abhidhamma, uh, it is said that if there is uh, uh, eight categories of uh, mundane wholesome kammas, one of them, number one is uh, performing the action with uh, wisdom, joy and spontaneity. Wisdom is to know the value of giving. Only very, very wise people can understand the value of giving. Uh, And they are the ones who, in that case, would not think twice. Because it is they who enjoy the giving then giving should be done in with joy, with the feeling of joy. Now the, the practice of generosity In the highest sense is very, very great. Why we want to practice generosity? You know what is the cause of dukkha? Cause of suffering? What is the cause of suffering? Excuse me, craving, 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 clinging, tanna, greed, desire, attachment. Our whole thrust of practice of Dhamma is to free ourselves from greed, attachment, clinging, craving craving to various things I mean attachment to various things craving for various things and therefore when we practice generosity we attack that craving our, our goal is to free ourselves from craving to free the mind from craving no any other motive everything else become secondary. As I said, if we become generous, I tell you a story, very simple story. There are many, 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 hundreds of stories but about generosity. I tell you a very simple one, very beautiful story. There was a man in the time, in the long, long past, we don't know when, don't ask me when, a person called Magha. M A G H A Magar. Young man, he one day went to see a very big festival. And uh, the 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 festival place was not very clean. He a clean small place for him to stand and watch the activities funfair when he cleaned and stood in that, on that little spot another big bully pushed him and took his place he didn't go to fight he said ok let him have it he clean another place and stood there and was, began to watch so another fellow came and pushed him and took his place Then he thought, uh, let him have it, so he cleaned another place. Another fellow came and pushed him and took his place. He never got disappointed. What he thought, you know, he thought, well, these people seem to like the place I clean. (laughs) That's a very good thing. And therefore, let me clean more places for more people to stand. That's what he did. He cleaned up whole area, little by little, little by little, for other people to stand on. And finally, he found like-minded people, some other young persons. And they all made a company, cleaning company. (laughs) <laughs> went on cleaning like some of these some of these uh, uh, environmentalists uh, do. they go from cleaning rivers and forests and so forth here in the United States. This man did that many thousands of years ago and then finally, when he had uh, thirty three, the company of thirty three they Uh, went from village to village, uh, city to city, cleaning. Then finally one village headman uh, felt uh, a threat because he thought these fellows are coming to get his job. And he fabricated a story against them. Of course, when some people do good things, there are people who are jealous of the person and do something bad. So this man fabricated the story and went and reported to the king, Your Majesty, there is a 33 band of bandits, robbers, highway robbers. They come, they are are menacing our village, destroying everything and do this and that. And king never went to look into all these things. He believed it and called these fellows. Then they went to the court, Uh, king uh, asked uh, them whether these charges were true or not. They said, of course not true. Your majesty, you come and see what we have done. We never steal anything. All we did was we cleaned. It is good for this country, for you, for everybody. It is very good uh, hygiene, cleanliness. King, exactly as that village headman thought gave that position to the head of this company Maga and he gave him whole village to live and so forth and finally it is said the story uh, doesn't end there uh, the other part is uh, little uh, more than that When they died, this man called Magha became and was reborn as the king of deities, Indra, or Sakha. And all other 32 people joined him and were reborn in the same heaven. Isn't it very nice? Beautiful. Now, what he did was he did not get angry. He gave his service, he and his company. They never expected anything from people. But normally, who will receive so much free service without giving anything? Other people spontaneously began to support them. Although their their motive was not that, because these people came from a very rich family and therefore they did not need other people's support. But as they sacrificed their lives for a noble cause, other people just cannot accept it without recognizing it in responding. In a, in I mean, favorably. So, it turned out to be wonderful event for all of them. Therefore, when generosity starts with pure heart, noble heart, it always will be rewarded by itself that is the uh, nature of uh, karma Dana is a very wonderful karma good karma you know in uh, when we think of the buddha's life all his life he gave away he gave away the more he gave more he received that is another beauty in giving. Not, it may not be immediately, but uh, that is its uh, uh, it is intrinsic nature, inevitable result. Now if somebody gives things away <coughs> and after that regrets, ah, I should have not done this. I should have kept it. or I should have used it for such and such. That kind of regret would weaken the merits of giving. However, as a result of giving, the person will receive enormous amount of wealth. But as a result of regret, person will not be able to use it. He, may, he, he or she may be very wealthy, but has stomach ulcer, cannot eat. Or high cholesterol, for no reason, cannot eat. Eh? Or some such uh, physical uh, problem, that the person cannot enjoy what the person has. The person may float in wealth. We know um, people in the whole, I mean ev- everywhere, all over the world, very, very rich people, but always something or other is happening, they cannot enjoy what they have. And uh, therefore whenever uh, as we give something we should never regret we always will, should be pleased and be happy, content and this is called punya in Pali or um, kusala in Pali giving is a kusala or punya kusala or punya means skillful action Skillful action. Why, why, how can that be skillful? Giving is not that uh, you don't need a very great planning, but it becomes a skillful action. Why? What does the skill, the, uh, skill do? Skill promotes our status from one step to the next, and to the next, and higher and higher. That is what the skill does, isn't it? In ordinary ordinary life, our skills promote us, brings us to higher and higher and higher rung of the ladder of life. and therefore this is uh, this is called skill because this is the thing that uh, promote that uh, sparks the the promotion of our peace that initiates the promotion of our peace why when we reduce our generosity I'm sorry, our greed and increased generosity, our mind begins to become relaxed. You know, as we all know, uh, this uh, very famous uh, dilemma we all have is the suffering of not getting what we want and the suffering of getting what we want. Now we can understand the suffering of not getting what we want. It is very simple and very basic. Even a child can understand that. But what we cannot understand is the suffering of what we get. Say you buy a car, then what else? You have to insure it, you have to maintain it, you have to buy gas, you have to pay tax, you have to maintain maintain it, and so forth and so on. It is a burden with some benefit and so forth and so on We more we get the more we need protection security and restlessness in our mind thinking always uh, about it the more expensive it is more headache we have and yet Of course, on the other hand, we have comfort uh, and so forth. But uh, underneath all this, we have pain, suffering, headache. And that is why it is said to get what we want is also suffering. (coughs) And therefore, when we uh, practice generosity, we attack this basic, fundamental, most difficult root of psychic irritation, which is called greed, desire, clinging, craving, attachment. Now when Siddhartha uh, Gautama, in his many, many previous lives, he gave and gave and gave and he got so many, so many things, so much he got, he lost interest in everything. That's what happens. When you get so many things, you lose interest. Lose interest only in the person who is very wise. Otherwise you may not lose interest. You may increase your greed. When he lost his interest, he gave up his, his palace, his kingdom, everything. And that, of course, is not that great. Generosity goes much deeper. Must go much, much, much deeper. What is the deepest generosity? Giving uh, the desire for various material things is not uh, that great. Therefore, when we... When the Buddha explained the three types of what you call ten categories of perfections or tenfold perfections, he put these tenfold perfections into three categories. One is giving, the first first of these three is giving. Giving material things, very easy, not It is easy for many people, for some people very easy. Second, giving the physical thing, one's own bodily parts. When somebody needs uh, a kidney, if we can give one of our kidneys, or if we sometimes uh, write in our will that uh, all bodily parts in our body to be donated to someone that's a very great gift donation and the last and the most difficult is physically speaking is the giving up of one's life for a noble cause not when the bo- when we are frustrated People give up their life when they are frustrated. That is not giving. But uh, while we are still healthy, if we can, uh, without the thought of uh, uh, committing suicide, in the course of noble work, if life is sacrificed, that is the great material gift. I remember, I have mentioned this many, many times. In 1983, on Friday, January January 13th, Friday, in Washington, uh, Air Florida airplane crashed on the 14th Street. in 1983 on Friday January 13th at 5 o'clock in the evening a plane crashed so Florida line plane crashed on the 14th street when it was taking off Taking because uh, it was heavy, snowy day, they de-iced and uh, didn't work, and ice formed again and uh, so forth, plane crashed. Many people fell into the Potomac River, which also was frozen. Then helicopter came. Helicopter began to lift through a rope and began to lift people. And there was one place where there was no ice. Uh, many people fell there. And the helicopter came and threw the rope to that place. And there was a man. He pushed the rope to a woman next to him. Helicopter pulled her up, pulled her out of water, and came back again. And, the, and he put the rope again to this man. same man was there. And he pushed it to, to another woman who was struggling. And helicopter pulled her out. Third time, helicopter came, and the same man was there. This time, it was almost 40 minutes gone. He could not catch the rope because he was almost dead. You can stay in such uh, cold water only for not more than... 20 minutes, you will die of uh, hypothermia. He died of hypothermia. And he saved two lives. Sacrificing his own. And that, I quote, quoted many times as an example of sacrificing one's life to save other lives. And that is very great dana. And the greatest of all is uh, letting go of our attachment to ideas, opinions, beliefs. That's a very difficult thing to do, much more difficult to. Difficult than giving up material things. People, for instance, give up material things and go into monasteries, ordain as uh, renunciants, and uh, practice meditation, attain various stages of uh, uh, consciousness. Which are called jhanas. You know, in uh, there are uh, sixty-two type of wrong views. Sixty-two wrong views. You know, who hold these sixty-two wrong views? Not ordinary people. Not people who do not meditate. But people who meditate, people who attain jhanas, the highest jhana, which is called Neva Sanya Na Sanya, neither perception nor non perception, the highest of all jhanas. And they are wonderful people, noble people. They are moral, their ethic is superb. If their moral conduct is superb, their faith is superb, their practice is great, that's why they attain that, so they can perform miracles. They have enormous amount of psychic powers, mind is very clear, but they have not given up their attachment to views. They have views. And they are the ones who have these 62 views with regard to the body, with regard to the mind, with regard to the world. And therefore, the highest giving is the giving up of one's own attachment to beliefs, ideas, opinions and views. Just think how difficult it is. People sacrifice their lives. I will die for my belief. People die. I will kill so and so for my belief. People kill. And that, we all know in the history of human, human beings, uh, there have been more wars in the name of opinions and beliefs than anything else and therefore the Buddha said the highest dhyana is giving up of one's opinions and beliefs views and very dearly held ideas you know when we have very original idea What we do, we don't want anybody to steal our original idea, we go and register in patent office so that it can, we, we can hold on to it. That shows how strong we are attached to our own opinions and ideas and theories and beliefs until we give that up we are not free from samsara we are not free from suffering I think uh, (coughs) we have to think about it very carefully and uh, whenever we think of dana we had to think of the, the motive of dhāna. What is our motive? Why we give dhāna? Not for any other reason, but to attack our own greed and clinging and craving, which causes all our suffering and pain and keep us bound to samsara which is the repetition of birth and death making us suffer over and over again. To liberate us from that bondage, that prison we make we practice generosity. I think this may be suffice for tonight as Dhamma talk.